Hello and welcome to episode 47 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Dara Swift. I'm talking with women who share their experiences and what they've learned. We're talking about where they're taking action, where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect, and how they're using their God-given gifts to impact the world for Christ. Because every woman of God has a fierce calling, and everybody has a story. So, let's tell them to glorify God and share what we know. Because God teaches us things not so that we can have all of this knowledge to keep to ourselves, but so that we can share it with others so they can know Him more and love Him more and do what they're called to do. Because our stories glorify God. And I hope this podcast inspires, encourages, and challenges other women to step out of their doubt, enter their calling, and use their God-given gifts to impact the world for Christ. And that's you too, friend. In today's episode, The Heart of the Family, I'm talking with my friend, Deb DeArmon. Deb is an expert in the field of communication, relationship, and conflict resolution, and I think we can all use some help in those departments, right? We talk about relationships, calling, and how Deb never aspired to be a writer. Hear how she received the call to write, because it will encourage you, especially if you're in a time of waiting and wondering what God has next for you. I know what Deb has to say will encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Deb DeArmond. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today I'm excited to invite my friend Deb DeArmond. She is an expert in the field of communication, relationship, and conflict resolution. She's a writer and popular speaker and focuses on topics related to the marriage and family. And her books include Related by Chance, Family by Choice, I Choose You Today, 31 Choices to Make Love Last, and Don't Go to Bed Angry, Stay Up and Fight. Ooh, I like that one. That sounds feisty. So anyway, welcome to the show, Deb. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited to be with you today. Nice. Well, I am so blessed to have you. And I know that you have so much to share that God has put on your heart today and just encourage and share his truth and what he has taught you and things that will be helpful to our listeners. So I would love if you would share a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Absolutely. Well, I'm a pretty normal person, although if you check with my family, they might disagree with me. <laughs> um, my husband and I are transplanted Californians. We've been in Texas, the Great Lone Star State, for 16 years. He and I met in high school, Doris, and he had a very, very strong faith when I met him. I grew up in church. It was an integral part of my life. But he began asking me questions about my faith. And Doris, not only did I not know the answers, I didn't understand most of the questions. Mm. His church was very foundationally built on the word of God and knowing it. And I knew about the stories. I just didn't know the storyteller. Mm. No one ever suggested to me that I needed to make a conscious choice to ask Christ into my life. Yeah. And for six patient months, he shared his faith with me, didn't push it on me. And the night before we graduated from high school, sitting in a parked car, he led me to the Lord. Now, that's not usually what a couple of teenagers are doing in a parked car, but <laughs> right? on, a, on a engine, that's, that's what we were doing. We married a couple of years later. We were 19, and we didn't have a clue what we were doing, <laughs> to be honest with you. But God did. And we waited to start our family for about five years. 
We lived near both families. My parents, I was a surprise baby. My mother was in her 40s and my dad was almost 50 when I was born. Mm -hmm. And I had one brother. And by the time I married, neither of them were in very good health. And so we stayed close. We had three little boys in the course of five years who are now grown men who took their daddy's advice and married up, way up. (laughs) And I have a blonde, a brunette, and a redhead who are the love of my life. I call them my daughters in love. Love that. Um, And between my three sons, they have seven sons of their own. And finally, there's one little pink one. And so far, it looks like she's going to run the tribe. Oh, wow. <laughs> Truthfully. Um, but we, you know, we did what I had seen my parents do in many ways, raised our children. Uh, we worked. We both each eventually built a business of our own. He was an engineer. Mm-hmm. And I did um, leadership development. And that means training in the, in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. And loved it. Uh, he, we, he worked from home for many years. We figured it was easier to build men rather than repair them later in life and so he managed the house and his business and the children my job had me on the road quite a bit but it was a really good life and we felt very very blessed active in our church um, helped my elderly parents from this life to the next mm-hmm. did little league did vacation bible school all of the things that young couples do with their lives and felt like we were right where God wanted us. Um, Ron did a, a lot of men's ministry, mm-hmm. not just in um, our local town, but he's been all over the world. The day that I flew to Houston, Texas last year, he flew to Nice, France, which I got to tell you, there was a little bit of an envy thing there. Wow. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's been all over the world uh, ministering for Jesus, which is very cool. Yeah. Um, at some point in our life, three people, began to say the same thing to me. And that was, you should be writing. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a clue what they were talking about, to be honest. Um, My husband, Ron, was the first one who ever said it to me. And I figured that because I talk a lot, maybe he thought I'd write some of those words down and it would be quieter (laughs) at the house, but it didn't quite work out that way, Doris, for him. My brother was a journalist and he and I were letter writers. And he said to me, if you wrote like you speak, I think people would listen to you. Mm. You, and, you and your family have built something unusual in our times. Yeah. And, and then a third was a close, dear Christian friend who didn't ask me or give me advice. She would just say, how's the book coming? <laughs> and it was funny because I wasn't writing one, Doris. And for about five years, we didn't live geographically near one another any longer. She would say, so tell me about the book. When's the book going to be done? And one day in sheer exasperation, I simply said to her, Eve, it's not what I do. And she said, well, that may be true. It's not what you've done. Doesn't mean it's not what God wants you to do. And I challenge you to ask him. Wow. Wise words. So very wise words. Um, And I did. And I felt like there was a a positive nod, but no direction whatsoever about Mm -hmm. what I was supposed to write about. Um, my, I lost my brother a couple of years later. His wife asked me to speak at his memorial service, not a believer. So that was tough duty. Mm-hmm. But when I was done, people who had been his lifelong friends in a part of the country where I didn't live came to me and three said exactly the same thing to me. You made me laugh and you made me cry, but mostly you made me so glad I knew your brother, Jack. Mm. 
And I felt like the Holy Spirit just tapped me on the shoulder and said, something that you wrote and delivered touched people in a unique way. Go home and write. So now I knew the definite decision for him was to do it. But what to write about was still kind of a hole for me. But we'd been married a long time at that point. We just celebrated 45 years together. Congratulations. Uh, to Thank you. <laughs> And people often used to ask us about, what's your secret? How do you do that? And there was no secret. The secret lived between Genesis and Revelation. Right. <laughs> and, and read the book. Read the book. Um, yeah. And because we're very clear that without him, we would have messed this up a long time ago. We came from very different backgrounds. My folks were Ozzy and Harriet. Mm -hmm. He lived in a blended family and not a happily or easily blended family. And we understood from the very beginning that since marriage was God's idea, maybe we should rely very heavily on what he had to say about it. And yeah. that's, that's what we did. So writing about marriage and family kind of seemed like the sweet spot for me, and it's what I know. And yeah. so as you were kind enough to, to share the names of the books, um, the very first book that, that I, I wrote was about the relationship between mothers-in-law and daughters-in-law, which is usually not wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, we're sort of almost culturalized to believe it will not be good. And when it's not, we don't feel like we need to do anything better, but that's not okay for Christian women. Right. And when I spoke to my daughters-in-law about it, because a friend said to me, you know, you could get lucky with one girl. You could even get lucky having two wonderful young women who are your daughters-in-law. But three is you're doing something and I think you need to take a look at that. So I sat down with the three of them and they said, oh yeah, we do some things very specifically in this family. And I hadn't realized that. And so that first book was born, mm -hmm. um, Related by Chance, Family by Choice, Transforming Mother-in-Law and Daughter-in-Law Relationships. And the girls helped me. They helped with some focus groups and my daughter-in-law Penny is actually a writer she wrote the chapter from the daughters-in-law to the mothers-in-law, along with input from her, the two other um, sisters-in-law. But truthfully, I thought it was one and done. I thought I was done. <laughs> <laughs> um, but God had other plans. God had other plans. And so, as you said, there were two more books on the topic of marriage. Mm -hmm. um, Ron and I wrote the third one together, the one that you laughed at the, at the title. It's fun. Don't go to bed angry, stay up and fight. Because yes. Doris marriage especially christian marriage has an enemy it's just not your spouse it's the yeah. enemy it's the fallen yeah. one that having written two books on my own writing one with him was about the most challenging thing we've ever done together <laughs> well yeah i could see how that yeah. could be a little hard to do you know yep. It was. What we discovered is that we have laser sharp memories about our life together. They're just not the same. Isn't that They're, funny? Yeah. It, it, well, sometimes it was funny and sometimes right. it wasn't. <laughs> um, I'll never forget. That's funny you say that. I, I'll never forget. We're going through a chapter and as I would read it out loud to him, he said to me, um, do, you, do you have a red pen? Because he had a copy of it in his hand and I said, yes, what do you need a red pen for? And he said, well, because this, this doesn't seem quite right to me. And pretty soon we're sort of, there's, there's a little bit of what we call um, an intense moment of fellowship uh -huh. um, going on between us. And then we both just started laughing. Here we are 
bickering about a book about bickering. <laughs> that is just ironic, right? <laughs> it is. It is. It, it totally is. And then the newest release that I have out is a departure, but it's still about family relationships. It's called Bumper Sticker Beatitudes. Yes, I saw it's, that. I love that. <laughs> it's a fun devotional and every single chapter came from a title of a real bumper sticker. When I, I wrote a couple, I had seen a, a thing on Facebook about a woman who took pictures of two cards on the same day. And one of the stickers said, don't believe everything you think. And the other one said, the truth will set you free, but first it'll tick you off. <laughs> and I could see both of those as being blog posts. And I wrote about them and people started sending me their doggone bumper stickers. Wow. That is so cool because it, was, it does it make fun. sense. Yeah, oh, it does. It does. Because if you, you know, the word says that he's everywhere. If you have eyes to see, even on the bumper of a car. I mean, it yeah. was so interesting to me how immediately so often I could say, oh, that's really about this. That really would support what the word says about that. Yeah. And so it was, it was a lot of fun to write. It was, it was a lot of, of fun to write. And the Lord just began opening doors, um, ones I didn't even know existed, to be honest with you. We were very fortunate to, um, several of the books have won awards. We had a chance to go to Colorado Springs and be on Focus on the Family four different times hmm. and do their broadcasts. We were the least likely people to do this. Neither of us finished college. Neither of us had what I would call the typical big dream. We wanted family and, and Jesus and ministry, hmm. but we didn't put our caps on any of this. And it's all because it was, I believe, it was his plan, not mine, um, yeah. that it has been successful. So marriage and family is my, is my thing. And I, I think that the church is hedging their bet in some ways these days. I think that they forget that, that there are requirements of us. Mm -hmm. If we are going to do that well, there are some clear directions. And politically, I've known people that would self-identify as believers. But if you looked at their marriage or, or their family, you couldn't see any of Jesus' fingerprints there. Yeah. And that breaks my heart. It's that really hard. Yeah. yeah. And it breaks God's heart too. It does. And I, I love all of that. And I love how you started out by sharing that you and your hubby were high school sweethearts. Yeah. And how precious it yeah. was that he led you to the Lord or actually opened up your eyes to the personal relationship that is available with Jesus because I understand that because similarly I grew up in a church where I, I had never heard that either. So, yeah, yeah so I love that yeah. in that this is what God has had for you in this ministry and that you were living it. And then he said, okay, now you're living it. You're living it according to my will. You're obedient. And now I'm going to, begin to have you expand the borders outside your family. It's so a good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. So share yeah. this with other people because you're right. Statistically, we hear such negative things about long-term marriages, like it's impossible, you know, nothing's impossible with God. Yes. And I just love how you all wrote the book. And I, I have to share, I do, I have one daughter in love that I good. love so much. And so I feel very blessed in that. And for you having the three girls and be able to work on that book together. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, it was wow. fun. 
That's it, such a blessing. It, it was a real, it was a real gift. And what's interesting is that each of the girls are unique and distinct, very different from one another, different from me. And how God brought all that together has been, it's just been amazing. The, the first of my sons to marry, he and his wife met when they were 13 years old in junior high and married about seven years later. Uh-huh. And I can remember thinking, oh, Lord, how will I ever love another young woman like I love Sarah? Because I watched her grow up. Mm-hmm. And her mom worked swing shift at the hospital. And so Sarah spent a lot of afternoons at my table with my son doing homework and then often staying for dinner. And I just said, Lord, I need, I need you to open my heart to the next two. And do you know, he's so good. Yeah. Uh, we started praying over our sons when they were little tiny boys. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think is so critical is that I knew early on that I was never supposed to be the most important woman in their life. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of moms don't really quite grasp that. Yeah. And when that's the case, there's going to be a fight between those two women. There's going to yeah. be some bad blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that you were bringing out how you were praying for your sons and like who their future spouses yeah. would be, you yeah. know, if God led them to be married to someone. And I just love that. And you talk about how people were speaking into you about you writing this, these books. Like at first it started to be like, you need to write a book or whatever. Yeah. And you did not aspire to be a writer you know, it's amazing how many women that I talk to on the podcast and beyond, and I've said this even before, that there are so many that have not aspired to do what God eventually has them doing. It just yeah. kind of happens yep. by his plan. Yep. And I love that because, you know, every season of our life, we can be called to a fierce calling of whatever he has planned for us in that season. And we may not see it in ourselves. But so many people saw that in you. Yeah, yeah that's, that is so true. And, and I'll tell you, I'm a person who likes to plan things and create calendars and schedules and all of those kinds of things. And it was just never on my radar, not ever. Mm-hmm. And when the first book was, um, when I got the publisher's copies mailed to my home before the release, mm-hmm. my, one of my sons who lived very close uh, at the time, was on the phone with his dad and, and my husband happened to mention that mom's books arrived today. And about 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, here they came in their sweats and their slippers and their bedhead almost, but um, with my, my grandson in tow. And I said, what are you doing here? And they said, we just wanted to see the books. And so they, we took them out, looked at them together. And when, he, when they left, my son said to me, Doris, somehow he said, I thought you'd be doing the happy dance, mom. And I said, you know, I'm so completely aware of this being God's plan. And he sent me to the right places to talk to the right people. Mm-hmm. He informed every bit of that book. I said, I was a lot more tempted to put my face in the carpet and praise him than I was to do the happy dance. And you know what he said, Doris? He said, you can do both, mom. And I went, <laughs> okay, you're right. <laughs> That's so sweet. You have permission, mom. You have permission. But there was that awareness. And even today, I will look back at a passage and think, I don't really remember writing that. And yet I did. Yeah. Yes. The Lord gave you those words and inspired it and led you along the way. How did that start when you first began the first book? 
had you gone to a writer's conference? Did you write a book proposal? How did that work? <laughs> I knew, I, like I, I knew nothing, um, <laughs> but I knew that I was supposed to be writing. I figured I better learn how to do this and to do it well. There was a ministry at the time. They're no longer in place, but they really had a big push towards training women who spoke and write for Christ. Mm -hmm. And so my daughter-in-law's mom had some interest in that. I had started a blog uh, post with my uh, website with my sister-in-law called My Purpose Now, specifically for women over 50. Mm -hmm. And my son's mother-in-law went with me. We drove down to San Antonio and I fell in love. I fell in love with the process of writing, but God took me to the place where I met several people who would be so instrumental in my journey mm -hmm. and a woman that became my coach. And I mm -hmm. engaged her. I had the idea for the book at that, at that time, but I was really starting with a blank piece of paper, which is very intimidating. <laughs> um, you said that you're, that you also write. So you know what that feels like. Yes. Um, and she just, she was wonderful. I mean, she was not only a skilled writer and speaker, she knew the word. She was skilled in prayer. She was, she was good. And I began to learn from her how to begin outlining. And she, I mean, she walked me through the steps. Um, I'm very excited at this point in my life to say that I have a certification as an author's coach or writing coach. And there is nothing I enjoy more than helping someone take that thing that God downloads in their system yeah. and getting it out on the paper. I mean, that, that's the best thing on the planet. This writer's group that I work with that I founded um, in fall of 2018, there are 10 of us. When we started, Doris, I was the only one who had been published. Mm -hmm. We now have four who've published, one who's got a contract already uh, or waiting. It's, she signed the contract and they're in the editing phase, which is always a little scary. The other two have won awards for one's a novelist, the other one's a children's writer. It's, it's just been fun to watch this group grow together. And yeah. it's, as it's, a, it's about as much fun as I have on a regular basis. It really is. Nice. Just, I, <laughs> I like to pay it forward when, when people are, are serious about wanting to write. Yeah. What a beautiful story. And I love the fact that you really just started writing, what, eight years ago? or Eight years ago, yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. It is so encouraging. And I know that's going to encourage a listener today because it's going to be like, okay, when we have the feeling of it's too late, it's not too late. Too late. And I love, I love that. And I love how you said, I know nothing because you know, <laughs> that, that phrase is just so oh, my funny. You know, I yes. know nothing. And it's like, okay, nothing. so you start from nothing. Cause that's where we all start from. I know nothing. And then God equips us. And like you said, he opens doors, brings people in our lives. And Absolutely. Well, you know what? I think it's better to say to yourself, I really, I, I really don't know what I'm doing. Because yeah. then you're open and Holy Spirit can, can send you places and to yes. the right people and to the right resources. Mm -hmm. If you think you've got it nailed, you're likely to say, I'm good, God. Go help somebody who needs some help. Right. And I started at 57 years old. And my sister-in-law had just left a very long, abusive marriage, 30 years of abuse, mm -hmm. and come to live near us in Texas. And we were both starting something new at, you know, midlife and beyond. Mm -hmm. And the idea became, we may be done. We're done at that age with a lot of things like building a career and raising children. We may be done, but we're not finished. Oh, and yeah. And uh, that was really the focus of that entire, that website. Mm. Because if you have a question about, God, is there still something for me to do? 
Well, if you're still here, the answer is, yeah, there is. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely. Are you still breathing? You know, yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Absol absolutely. It's never too late. Never, never, yeah. never. Yeah. That's so encouraging. And I love too how God just took it, those extra steps. And now you're coaching people to do the thing that just beyond eight years ago, you had no idea you were even going to be doing. And now you're encouraging and helping other people to get their story out and share their stories and their experiences. So that is so precious. I love that. Well, I had long been a coach in life and business coaching. Mm. And uh, because when you're married, as long as I have been, you have some areas of expertise. When you're in the corporate world, as long as I was, yeah. you've learned some things. But it never dawned on me that God would ask me to support authors like I'd been supported. I don't know why I didn't realize that because I had benefited mm. from it so much and still do. It just seemed like the logical place to go. Yeah. I love that you're sharing how that all came about because the journey can be difficult and we have to still rely on God and focus on him because there are so many times where I know that you've probably experienced it too. We just, this is too hard. I just, you know, <laughs> never mind. I'm just going to give up, you know? And yes. so, you know, and that God puts people in our lives to encourage and pray mm -hmm. for us. And marriage is so attacked by the enemy. Oh, wow. As yeah, you know. <laughs> I do. When you're writing a, a book about marriage, you can't tell people that you're writing on marriage or on conflict or on in-laws without them going, oh, I have a story for you. Or let me ask you for some advice. Yeah. And for some people, they really don't have anybody to turn to. Yeah. They, they feel like they've exhausted it all. And so, yeah. So tell us a little bit about your coaching process. Like how do people connect with you to do that? And, and how can the listener connect with you, Deb? Do you, do you know, it's interesting because I've had some friends of ours who we've stayed in touch with while they were ministering overseas. She published something that her daughter wrote and it was brilliant. And I said, Katie, if, if she ever wants to work with a coach, let me know. We've been working together. Um, and they were on the opposite side of the planet. I've had a lot, of, a lot of my work comes to me as referrals. Mm -hmm. um, people who I know through various writing organizations. And every once in a while, I will meet someone like Paige at a conference. Mm -hmm. And she'll say, I feel like there's something for us to do together. And typically, I will recognize that same thing if it's the Lord. And so I've been very blessed that I haven't had to go looking for clients. Um, and that's a good thing. If people want to connect with me, they can do it through my Facebook page is probably the easiest. That's uh, under Deb D. Armand author, mm -hmm. or they could reach me at my website, which is debdarmond.com. Nice. Um, like I said, watching people grow into the place where God's called them. That's really my core ministry. Yeah. There are so many people who are trying desperately to be somebody that they're not someone they admire, someone that's not who God's called them to be. And I always remind them that the genuine article that God made you is better than a cheap knockoff any day. And learning to find your authentic voice, whether you speak or you have a podcast or whether you write or all of those things, God called us for a purpose on purpose. Yeah. And finding that purpose, that's the beginning of making some of those dreams really come alive. Yeah. That's such a fierce calling, Deb. And I love how you help people walk in their calling. You know, you are able to equip them through how God's equipped you. Yeah. And I, you know, and especially like in your marriage ministry, 
that you do also with your husband, which is very special, you know, having a team like that to help with conflict resolution and all of these things. And, and even how you've mentioned too, like an example of how, even when someone thinks their marriage is good, it can just become complacent. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's, it's as rampant in the church as it is um, outside of the church. One of the amazing statistics on some work that I'm doing is that people don't fall out of love with one another. Um, it's not the three A's. It's not addiction, adultery, or abuse. It, it's They've been so focused on raising a family and being mom and dad that they forgot that that's Ron and Deb. And they're, they've just kind of grown apart. They, they've lived for their children often. And mm-hmm. While in the general population, the divorce rate has gone down by 30% in the last 10 years, it's gone up by 30% for those who are over 50 and married at least 20 years, mm. 20 years. And a lot of them don't divorce. Mm-hmm. They do it. They divorce in their heart. All they yeah. share at that house is a mailbox and yeah. an address, but their lives are completely separate because they don't want to lose the friends that they've got from church. And he works with a boys group and she's mm. in the choir. And what will our friends think if we should divorce? Yeah. So I think the rate could even be higher than the 30%. Yeah. Wow. That is eye-opening. It is. Because you don't hear about those statistics. And I I know that there's oftentimes where people might be together because they're kind of codependent or Mm -hmm. they wouldn't feel like starting over. So they just don't. And they just kind of live together like roommates or... You know, and it's it's not the marriage design that God has for them. And he has so much more. And I love how your ministry is to help marriages, not only to be strong, but if, if they're, you know, kind of hitting a wall like that to be able to revive and refresh and rejuvenate the marriage after things have changed and seasons have changed. So what a purpose that is. Someday my husband and I are going to write a book. We've got some notes called new season, new song. Because you can't, you can't do a new season with the same old dance steps. It's just not, the tempo's off. It's, it's a very different world. And sometimes what people just need is some encouragement and Mm -hmm. wisdom and to know that there are people that can help, Yeah, you know, reach out for help. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of times it's difficult for people, especially like you say in the church too, to reach out for help and admit that they're struggling when that's what God wants us to do. And his Bible is filled with struggle and stories of people who have struggled so that we can relate to that and that see that God can bring us through that when we see Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, God bless you, Deb. It's been such a pleasure having you on. It's been fun. Yeah. And I love, and I love how Paige put us together, right? Yeah. She was on my podcast and and she's like, oh, Deb's got to be on your podcast. You know, it's like, okay, wow. So yeah, she, she likes to connect people. And so I'm so glad that she connected with you and it's just, you know, amazing how God does that. So I am looking forward to that new book that's going to be coming out that your husband is going to write with you. And in the meantime, these other awesome titles, I know that the listener can find them all on your website, right? You can also find them on Amazon. That's probably the quickest way to find all four of them. Nice. Um, Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I'm going to put all of those in the show notes with the links and your site and all of that. So people can connect with you and thank you again for being on and may the Lord continue to abundantly bless all that you're doing to just recognize the sanctity of marriage. 
and relationships within your family, you know, with the in-law relationship, which is the in-love relationship and how it can be better. And it doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be bad. No. Yeah. Doesn't have to be bad. So, well, thank you, friend. It's been such a blessing and I hope to have you on again. I'd love to. And bless you and your ministry. It's so vital that people have an opportunity to hear about Mm -hmm. ministry opportunities in a various number of ways like podcasting. I know Mm -hmm. so many people who put it in when they're walking or doing their elliptical or whatever. Um, So thank you. Wow. What a blessing that is. I appreciate that. And glory to God for all he is doing. And I hope to talk to you soon, friend. Absolutely. Thank you for listening today. I hope what Deb had to say encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to think about where God has you right now. Perhaps you are using your gifts that he's given you, but maybe you're that person who's in the waiting period, not sure what your next step is, not sure where God will call you next. Be encouraged that so many women I've spoken with never aspire to do what they're currently doing, which means that at any given moment, God can present something new in your life that He wants you to accomplish for His glory. But that doesn't mean that whatever He has you doing right now is any less purposeful to Him and to those around you. I love this quote Deb gave me when I asked her about what her heart was for sharing her story. She said, we are called to greatness in Him, greatness to bring Him glory, We have the opportunity to impact the world, or at least the section he's called us to. Living integrity-driven, connection-focused lives draw people to ask, how did you do that? Or how did you make it through that? Story is vital. It's always about his story and how it's impacted us. That's how we reach them. Story. Isn't that an amazing quote? Because as I said in the beginning of the podcast, Every woman of God has a fierce calling and everybody has a story. So it's time to tell ours to glorify God and fulfill his purposes in our lives. Because every experience we've been through is a testament to his faithfulness and nothing is ever wasted, friend. Pick up some of Deb's books. I have the links for you in the show notes. Related by Chance, Family by Choice, which is that amazing book she wrote with her daughters in love. I Choose You Today, 31 Choices to Make Love Last. That would be an awesome wedding gift or bridal shower gift or just a gift for any time. And don't go to bed angry, stay up and fight. Her latest book, Bumper Sticker Beatitudes, is a humor-tinged devotional for the busy believer seeking deep truths with a chuckle on the side. That is amazing. How many times are you in traffic and you see these bumper stickers and it just tells a story about the person inside that vehicle. You just learn a little bit more about them. Well, that's what God's word does. He helps us to know more about him through reading his word. And speaking of books, I have exciting news to share. In September, I signed with the Blythe Daniel Literary Agency. That is such an amazing thing that God has done. I want you all in on the happenings with the new Bible study I'll be writing. So grab my free resource, Simple Tips for Sharing Your Faith, which I have the link for you in the show notes. Then you'll also be subscribed to my newsletter that comes out every month, and you'll hear all the updates. And I'll also share great resources that you'll love, plus encouraging words for those good days and those hard days. I hope you'll join me next time when I invite another woman to share where she's taking action, where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.